0: You are not alone. Nothing important, Matt Reyes. I'm back. Eating a tangerine. Like a miniature orange. Is that annoying? Today is Monday. Oh my God. I'm just now realizing that I forgot my grandma's birthday. I am a piece of shit my grandma's birthday was yesterday i gotta call my grandma damn i forgot oh shit i don't know why i'm putting this on the fucking uh, <laughs> on the podcast but it's staying me eating the tangerine and realizing that i'm a shitty grandson this is what happens ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna use the excuse that i have i have like the greatest card where i could just say i have a kid But I also named that child after my grandma So I don't know if that's going to fucking fly I got (laughs) Um, It's not my fault either Everybody in my life is born in March My sister, my grandma, my cousin My brother, my daughter Everybody's a motherfucking Aries, man I don't know if my grandma's an Aries I don't know what that is Um, I think my cousin and my grandma are Pisces Is that what it is? (laughs) Oh did you know you can belch from eating a tangerine? Did you know that? Now you know. Um, damn, it's my grandma's birthday. It's and I fucking forgot. That's horrible. I'm going to blame it on me getting older and me having a child, uh, which are two bitch-ass factors. I should have remembered my grandma's birthday. My grandma is my favorite grandma. It's really the only grandma I know. My daddy didn't raise me. His mama was cool. Uh, there's this meme online. <laughs> if we're talking about my paternal, my daddy's mommy. My paternal grandmother, there's this is meme online of a old woman uh, and she's like slyly giving cash to a to her like a grandchild, and she's just like saying like you know it's like how grandparents give their grandchildren money, and that was like a reality because my daddy smoked crack and so my, my paternal grandma had to pull me and my brother to the side as children and give us cash and tell us to hide it because my father would take it um. Talking about the grandma I like. (laughs) The grandma that stuck around. I forgot her damn birthday, man. Two different worlds, actually. It's funny because my father was like, he's such a fuck up. He was just such a fucking fuck up. Drug addict. um, Made excuses. Ran away from everything. Ran away from his children. You know, uh, true bitch. 100% bitch. 100% bitch. And his family was really put together. His mother acted on Broadway. Um, his father was a famous musician in the Caribbean and uh, lived in Manhattan, had money. You know what I'm saying? He didn't grow up bad. He went to summer camp and shit in Vermont and all this shit. He just had a completely different life than I had. But he was spoiled and he was a bitch. And he was a fuck up. And my mother raised me, but her family was fucked up. You know what I mean? It was just like this, you know, opposite sides of the spectrum, but... My grandma The one I call my grandma The other one I call grandma Like in technical terms You know what I mean? Because she was around For a couple years And she I guess an embarrassment Of her son Just wanted nothing to do With even his offspring His offspring uh, But my grandma that, that Was in my life Interesting character man Interesting character um, Comes from a different time <laughs> Different place and different time She basically grew up On a farm In a place called Machete, Puerto Rico if you can imagine how fucking in the sticks that is. Machete dad Puerto Rico. She had no friends. She had 11 sisters. But she was the youngest. And um, she said growing up her friends with were were animals. She mm-hmm. lived on a farm. And she would play with the chickens. And she said that the, the trauma of her childhood. Which kind of explains something I'll talk about later. You know, I'm thinking about it. But the trauma of her childhood was her mother coming and trying to prepare dinner. And grabbing one of the chickens, which was her friend. That was a childhood friend. And grabbing him by the neck and just like fucking 360 spinning the body where the neck was in tight grip. Breaking the chicken's neck. That's how they killed him. And, um... My daughter's knocking on the door. Get out! No. Um... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was my, my grandmother's trauma as a child was her childhood friends being murdered. They were, they were chickens. She was essentially a character in Little Bear. Um... If you don't know a little bit, I can't fuck with you. I can't fuck with you. It's the greatest child television show ever. It's amazing. And it reminds me, thinking about like that early experience in her life, painted the character that she would become as she was older. Because I, w- I wouldn't say my grandmother's like not loving. She's a very cold disposition. She's not really... I would say she more so she's like numb. She's very numb to things. And... um A memory I'm having That uh, kind of like You know Illuminates that She was um, I was at her house She lived in the upper west side And um, I remember she had this pet cat Luli Luli the fucking cat Luli the cat had demons This cat was demonic This is where I began my theories That cats are evil But um, Yeah this cat was like It was just fucking violent And Just had an energy about it That was just like Really fucked up And I remember Luli was getting older, and this one time I'm over at my grandma's house, and I hear my grandma, no, no. More Spanish accent, no, no. (laughs) And So I go, I'm like, Grandma, what's going on? She's like, Luli, my Luli is dead. The cat is dead, the cat is dead. That's how my grandma talks. And um, I go and I look, and the cat is fucking dead. And I'm like, oh shit, this is my grandmother's pet. You know, she's an older lady. She doesn't really have anybody in her life. She's been through a lot. Her her pet is dead. It's going to be catastrophic for her. And then I really learned who she actually was. She went, oh oh well. And then she took the dead cat and put it in a plastic bag, went to the hallway in her fucking apartment complex and threw it in the incinerator. That's what the fuck she did with this cat that she was in love with. (laughs) And I was like, it must have been fucking different growing up, how she grew up. It's, it's a different brutality. I don't even call it brutality. It's probably more aligned with the origins of, you know, how humans interact with nature on a more organic level. And, you know, I grew up in fucking New York City where people are scared of the rats. In Puerto Rico, in the fucking, in the boonies, in the farm, they don't, you yeah. see animals get killed every day. It's not, you know. I don't even know if I have it in my my I don't I don't know if I have the stomach to milk a cow. Let it let, <laughs> let alone see animals be slaughtered on a consistent basis. More tangerine. Mm. I think fruits have feeling. And we think we're like fucking Righteous animals for eating the things that are healthy to us, but we're really like fucking cannibalizing these Things that have feelings we just can't perceive that they have. What am I talking about? Um, I'm trying to distract my mind because I feel bad that I forgot my grandma's birthday. How do you name your child after somebody and you fucking... You forget them. That's what you do. You just forget them, man. I wonder about that. Like when I'm an old man, is my daughter going to take care of me? That's one of the pluses of having a little girl. Because <laughs> I'm going to let my mother rot. No. Um... I believe that, you know, she's not even like a daddy's girl now. She looks like me, but she's not like super attached to me. She's more attached to her mother. And I'm hoping that daddy girl sh- shit, that stereotype fucking kicks in, because I will be old one day. I'll be an old man, and I hope she'll take care of me. I, ho- I hope. I'm hoping it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna fucking see Alicia the second. Alicia, man. Um, our birthday is important, though. Like, you know what I mean? Is it important? You know what I mean? All right, I'm not going to start doing that. Uh, I obviously, obviously, I have nothing to talk about. But tangerines. Famous birthdays. March 19th. That's my grandma's birthday. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. March 19th. I want to see the Zodiac first because, you know, I like believing in dumb shit. Pisces, the 12th astrological sign in the Zodiac. Pisces is a sign for folks who are born between February nineteenth and March 20th. So today is March 20th. It's literally the last day of Pisces. The astrological symbol shows two fish swimming in opposite directions, representing duality within the Piscean nature. <laughs> oh, That's really good. So now let's look up. I don't know what the fuck that means. Two fish swimming away from each other. Uh, March 19th, famous birthdays. Because I'm an American and famous people are important. Let's see. Bruce Willis. Brucey Willis. Everybody love Bruce Willis. Harvey Weinstein. Less people love him. Um, Sakura Miyawaki. She looks like a Japanese woman. I don't want to be prejudiced. She might be Chinese. She might be... Uh, bleached Polynesian. I don't know what the fuck she is. You know what I mean? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. They just won the motherfucking Super Bowl. Glenn Close. Uh, Hector. I don't know who the fuck that is. Adolf Eichmann. I want to say Adolf Eichmann is a bad guy or is he a good guy? I just, I don't know history enough. And his name is Adolf, So it's triggering me to think that he's not a great guy. He might be a good guy. I don't know who he is. Um, Ursula Andres. Don't know who that is. It's not like a lot of super famous people. It's like... Wide Earp, you know, taking it back. Um, Clayton Kershaw. Hito Turkaloo, remember that guy? My basketball fans? Yeah, Grandma, you don't really have a lot of, you know, heavy hitters on your birthday, except a very famous Bruce Willis, incredible actor, incredible career. And another guy who was behind the scenes doing a lot of, you know, (laughs) Harvey. Harvey Harvey Weinstein When are they going to make that guy's fucking his his version of the fucking Ted Bundy <laughs> Netflix special? You know what I'm saying? Like when are they going to do it? Just make him way more evil than he was. Just act like nobody complied with what he was doing. Not my motherfucking business I'm not going to talk about. Um Yeah. Let me see Pisces birthday personality i want to see if this shit is accurate so i just told you what my grandma's personality was once again ladies and gentlemen when we're interpreting any horoscope when we're giving credence to the day that you were born the year that you were born the month that you were born, and associating that with your vastly uh, differential individuality multi-layered onion that each human being is It's kind of that nature versus nurture argument, right? Is my grandma who she is because she saw chickens getting fucking choked the fuck out as a child? (laughs) She had no social interaction with anybody her age. She had to talk to animals. Is that what made her who she is? Or is it that she's a Pisces? Let's see Uh, some of these general fucking uh, traits. Creative, empathetic, intuitive, adaptable, compassionate, imaginative, romantic, romantic. Dreamy, sensitive. I wish they got a little bit more specific when it came to these things. What is the personality of a Pisces? Highly creative and imaginative as well as compassionate and loving. I can't say this, my grandma. I can't say this, my grandma. You know, I'll tell you my grandma's personality. My grandmother likes to um, sit in front of a TV and watch the most stomach-curdling you know bloody horror movies (laughs) it's just just what she my entire family's obsessed with all the women in my family have like a deep sadism that's just repressed because of abject poverty and trauma but i think if they had any power they'd just be evil people honestly all they do is watch not murder mystery not 48 hours you know what i'm saying it's not anything that's like has a little bit of plot to it they just like to watch gruesome horror Well, my sister she watches um these, you know, always these these documentaries about women murdering men. I'm like, what you what, what are you pushing down there, bro? What are you pushing? My sister's four eleven. She's Puerto Rican, but her genetics are confused. She looks like a Jewish uh, middle schooler, you know. But yeah, there's a lot of like, you know, we had a lot of trauma. So I'm like, what are you pushing down there? Do you really are you repressing some urge to murder people? I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully not me. Um. What is that? I, I, You know, it's funny, though, because nobody talks about those aspects of the inequality, sexual inequality or gender inequality. That men, even you, 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 we point out all the time that there's like alpha male types that are violent and then there's like beta males or guys who are not violent or not aggressive. Right. But regardless, men have the outlet or more so they're forced into an environment a lot of times where aggression, physical aggression occurs, and that's less with women, you know, like m- men have a lot of ex- things to express or let out those urges of aggression through you know, the types of competition that we you, you, we, we, you know, men are just fucking like that, it's just the, the way that male culture is shaped, women the box is societally for women. I don't think they give them many outlets for them to like, ooh. And I think that's in a lot more women than we think. I think more women than you know have the urge to murder. And the only thing that's holding them back is they're physically less strong, you know? And sometimes it doesn't hold them back. Go on Netflix. Go watch one of these fucking documentaries. I always say this. I remember I watched Tiger King. And I was watching Carol Baskin. And beside the fact that she has, like, some of the same mannerisms and facial features of my mother, uh, my, my entire family, or both of my siblings agree that that would be my mom if she had any follow-through. If my mother <laughs> was not lazy, she had she had any type of conscientious qualities, she would be Carol Baskin. Because she has that type of brain of just, like, manipulation and um, she's very removed and cold. Like, she could just, I could see her killing somebody and then... It not really fucking bothered her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. It's kind of weird. Just being honest. Um, yeah, it's fucking wild, man. Yeah, most of the people that are in my life are March babies. I wonder when most people are born. Like, what month are most human beings born? And then we're going to reverse that. We're going to reverse engineer it and find out the most time of year people's fucking, sucking in fucking time. Um. Let's see. What month? are Most people born in. All right. Let's see. Don't allow you to track me. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hmm. Hmm. Asterisks. Uh, provide birth rate by month data showing July through October tends to be the most popular birth months in the United States. August is the overall most popular month for birthdays, which makes sense considering a late August birthday means December conception. It wasn't only Jesus Christ's birthday. It wasn't only the birth of the woman that had immaculate conception, the greatest excuse for a lady that stepped out on her husband I've ever heard in my goddamn life. God put the baby in me. It's not only to mark Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, December is when people's fucking most. And in America, that differs. But once again, let's also remember that there are like 8 billion people on the planet and counting. Probably more in slave encampments underground, if anybody on Reddit is correct. Right? So if you consider that America's only 4.25% of the global population, doesn't really matter the leading birth rates in America. It's a very small subset to the larger average, which is August most people on the planet is sucking and fucking in december you know which is not a bad time you know there's a lot of eggnog i'm puerto rican we drink coquito mistletoe which is you know that's what's one of the more rapey traditions you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know, it's very like trickery now i get to sexually assault you you know but makes sense right uh, my mommy's birthday is in august my mother is a leo let's look up leo this is what we're doing ladies and gentlemen we doing this. I'm I'm a motherfucking horoscope reader. I should open that up as a side business. Can I can I get write-offs for that? Um for telling the future. Can you get write-offs? Uh let's see. Leo horoscope. Let's see that the personality traits of a Leo. March no, it's not fucking. Alright, I shouldn't have said horoscope. Okay. Let me just see Leo personality. Na, na 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 na, Elmo's world. Elmo loves his gold. The stars of zodiac, the star of the zodiac, the star of the zodiac. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to read my fucking lines here. Typical sun and Leo traits include being confident, comfortable, being the center of attention. Ding dong. Uh, drama adoring, ambitious, loyal, fiercely protective of their nearest and dearest, generous generous um, luxury loving sunny and big hearted I want to say that my mother really like she she hits a lot of these characteristics the overconfidence being way too comfortable center of attention in her mind you know she she's passed that on to me the delusions of grandeur um, she was medically uh, clinically diagnosed with that N- me not yet it's coming soon ladies and gentlemen drama adoring ambitious eh loyal. Um, fiercely protective of their nearest and dearest. Nah, son, I was neglected. Generous, luxury-loving, sunny, and big-hearted. I would say that's pretty fucking, it's pretty close, right? What do you guys think about this, though? You know, I, I find that to be so funny that human beings are categorized. There's probably some older, more comprehensive... Uh, philosophy or methodology behind categorizing people's personality types or the way that they think, the the actions that they display based off of what time of year that they were born. There has to be some credence to it because it's survived so long in human history. So I I take it with a grain of salt calling it bullshit. I don't think it's 100% bullshit, but what do you fucking think? What do you think? I'm a Gemini. Every time you tell somebody you're a Gemini, people get triggered. They get triggered. Because they just associate the image that is represented for a Gemini. They associate that image with something that's like negative or two-faced. But I'm going to read you the characteristics of Gemini, ladies and gentlemen. And this is going to be the last horoscope reading I'm going to give you. You know what I mean? Probably read some news or something. Let's see. Gemini. Personality. Personality. Let's see. Playful intellectual curious gemini is constantly juggling a, a variety of passions correct hobbies correct careers correct friend groups yes uh they are social butterflies of the zodiac quick-witted twins can talk to anyone about anything oh my gosh i'm the greatest what is a gemini personality weakness now take it with a grain of salt listen to this is motherfucking google Let's let's agree with everything that they said positive about me and let's take all the collective. I love the nothing important podcast bias and let's work that uh, to protect my ego. Their weakness, indecisive, impulsive, unreliable. Damn, Jesus Christ. I don't think that's true. Uh, Impulsive, I I would say. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's true. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Whatever Gemini's good traits. They are lucky. Oh, yeah. Fast learners absolutely love going with the flow couldn't say it better my motherfucking self they're quick witted um i like the lucky i I love the lucky you know what i mean do gemini's fall in love fast um gemini's biggest problems what are gemini's worst fear uh who should a gemini marry let's see this aquarius and libras that's who I should marry. My girl is a, uh, the fuck is she? She's, um, she's September. What the fuck is my on? Oh, it's bad, man. I don't even know. I couldn't even give her a horoscope reading. We've been together motherfucking nine years, going on 10 years, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see, September. Am I born? you? Good. September 10th, Zodiac. Uh, Virgos let me compare that to what did they say? Aquarius and a Libra. Aquarius personality. Okay. So the Aquarius, they're known to be progressive thinkers who can see patterns and things others might not notice. Aquarians, can be seen as unpredictable, sometimes even moody, often strike others as unique individuals, leading with originality and creativity. What are the dates for this? Hmm. January 20th to February 18th. Can't think of anybody I know. Those birthdays, let's see. I know a couple of dudes with his fucking birthday. my boy Trayvon. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Um, Libra, September twenty second to October twenty third. Hmm. I'm supposed to marry. I'm not gonna listen to my motherfucking Google, baby. I want you guys to write into me. I want you guys to 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 hit me up and tell me what the fuck you think about this. It's interesting. I think it is interesting if you look through the scope of all of human history. And you understand that there's been so many changes in philosophy and religion, uh, ways to live your life, ways to observe this physical reality and relate to it. There's been so many great thinkers, there's been so many comprehensive uh, works, writings, command, all that shit, you know what I mean? You think about all that, the things that survive thousands and thousands of years, something like astrology or looking at the stars, and is that the Big Dipper or is that Torah? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Oh, if that shit survives, there has to be something to that. I'm curious of your thoughts. Write in. I'm going to read some news. Hopefully it's not all fucking basketball. It is all basketball. Creature of island mythology is real and new species researchers uh, find in France. What the fuck are they talking about here? All right. So creature of island mythology is real. What is the creature of island mythology? Bounded by stunning beaches and punctuated with rugged mountains. Inhabitants of a small French island in the Mediterranean have long relied on agriculture and livestock herding. For just as long, folktales have warned of a creature lurking nearby. I'm going to be pissed if this is the fucking tale of the Chupacabra. I swear to God. I know the Chupacabra probably comes from Spain. If you don't know what the Chupacabra is, do some Googling. It's this little fucking naked mole rat that's the size of a small dog that apparently is like half beast, half vampire. And the Tale goes that it would go and drink the blood of sheep. And I grew up thinking it was fucking Puerto Rican. Everybody has their form of chupacabra. I don't want this to be a French chupacabra. I'm tired of it. All right, stories of the Gatu Volpe have passed down in Corsia's island mythology, the French Office of Biodiversity said in a March 16th news release. Literally translated, the creature's name is a cat fox. (laughs) the cat fox is part of our shepherd mythology this is this is funny all right from generation to generation they told stories (laughs) of how the forest cat would attack the the udders of their ooze and goats their ewes ewes i'm an idiot i don't know what ewes is um but they they attacked goats Local officials began considering the cat fox a real species in the 19th and 20th centuries. French officials said. Uh, For most others, the animal remained a myth. That changed in 2008 when the creature was accidentally captured. The mid-sized, tannish, orange feline was found in a local chicken coop. I gotta read more than this. It's a fucking cat. It's not a fox. It's a fucking cat. I'm looking at. All right. I'm the close-up view of a Corsican cat fox. It looks like a, a wildcat. The incident sparked a rush of research. Scientists knew the cat fox was real. But so, are, oh, so they, I, I'm, I'm, I should just read it. I'm going to skip ahead in my fucking assumption. Are they telling me like a cat fucked a fox or a fox fucked a cat? And that's what this thing is? Because it looks like a cat. Researchers set up traps and cameras on Corcia eventually capturing 16 wildcats. The cats were genetically sampled and some were fitted with GPS tracking collars and released. Creepy, the cat fox initially looks like a house cat. Yes, it does. Has a soft coat with a tan brown color and a distinct black ring tail. Upon closer analysis, the wildcat is much long, longer than an average cat, just reaching over two feet in length. None of this is indicating why they call it a cat fox. Um, Oh, he's a, he's, it's a long cat. They, they just did the body shot. It's that's a, that's a, that's a pretty lengthy cat. All right. By 2019, encouraged by their their findings, wildlife officials proposed the idea that the Corsican cat fox was a new species of wildcat. R5's report at the time. Further study of the cat's DNA, however, was needed to confirm this hypothesis. Years later, French officials get to the fucking point. Is it a fox? Officials have come to a conclusion a study of the cat fox DNA Was published Molecular ecology In January The cat fox is a new species The wildcat was genetically distinct From its two geographically closest relatives The domesticated cat In mainland France And the wildcats Of the neighboring Sardina islands This is clickbait Ladies and gentlemen It is not a motherfucking fox It's just a cat And they call it a cat fox It's just a different species It's a new species Or variation of a wildcat Bullshit How long did the Corsican Cat Fox stay hidden for so long? I hate when they do this. You know, you could have just fucking. It's me being an idiot. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, here, there's some philosophy. Schopenhauer versus Hegel. Progress or pessimism? Let us read, ladies and gentlemen. I was just uh, talking about Arthur Schopenhauer. I don't even know if I uploaded that episode, but I was talking about, um, you know, going down that guy's rabbit hole. Uh, You know, take it easy. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. If you're looking to have existential angst early in the fucking morning, tune in. Tune in. But if you want to stay sane with both feet on the ground, maybe pass on Schopenhauer. I do like a quote that he has when he's talking about um, the three stages of truth. You can look that up, but otherwise tread lightly. Uh, Have we been making progress over history or is the world made of fundamental essence that never changes. What is the meaning of time and the timeless? Schopenhauer and Hegel famously did not get along, but their feud was philosophical as well as personal. you going to tell, give me some, some tea on Schopenhauer versus Hegel? They was fucking each other's women or something. What's going on here? In the summer of 1820, Arthur Schopenhauer, aged 32, arrived to the University of Berlin to give a lecture course with the grandiose title of universal philosophy. I, I mean, if you're going to wear it, you got to wear it, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to put it on your chest, you got to put it on your chest. All right, incredibly, he asked the registrar to schedule his lectures at the same hour as those of G.W.F. Hegel. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like, it's just so hilarious. It's like rap beef. It's like when a rapper comes out and they know their main competitor is going to drop a certain day and they want to drop that same day. That's what the fuck, this is like Kanye versus, who was it, Kanye 50? That's Hegel and Schopenhauer. Hegel, Hegel held the university chair in philosophy and at the point uh, was probably the most famous philosopher in the German-speaking world. Hundreds of students attended Hegel's lectures, five registered for Schopenhauer's. Damn. In the following semester, Schopenhauer attracted zero students, so his lectures were canceled. That was the end of his university career. Hegel, the elder, by 18 years, only met Schopenhauer once and took no notice of the younger man in his writing. Schopenhauer, by contrast, Raged at Hegel for years. After Hegel's death in 1831, his reputation began to decline and a strange reversal began. Over the following decades, it was the obscure lecture. Uh, who became the most famous philosopher? His later work sold thousands of copies and went through multiple printings. For many, Schopenhauer's pessimism set the philosophical agenda in the second half of the 19th century and beyond. I've talked about this time and time again. Sometimes there's an artist, in this case, a great thinker, a philosopher, a philosophizer, and this guy's pretty fucking negative, but sometimes people's minds or their greatness or their creativity doesn't get digested. In the time that they're alive. And sometimes it happens. You know. Years after they've fucking passed. I know that uh, this guy died when he was like. Uh, well I don't know when Hegel died. But um, yeah. Um, it happens. For many Schopenhauer's pessimism set the ph- philosophical agenda. In the second half of the 19th century and beyond. While Hegel's enlightenment optimism became the object of ridicule. What had happened. People went broke. And it was like. Yo fuck all this happiness man. Uh, Schopenhauer had wanted his lectures to offer a clear alternative to Hegel and he was not wrong that the philosophical perspectives of the two men were radically opposed to one another. Indeed, their disagreements were metaphysical. (coughs) That was a physical burp. That is, they disagreed about the very nature of the world and what we could know about it. Both men began as followers of Immanuel Kant. I should look that fucking guy up. But they took his conclusions in entirely different directions. Kant stated and the claim that we could never learn the truth about the world just from the information of our senses agreed our senses impressions are just noise without a mind to organize them more specifically scientific knowledge require mental categories like space time and causality share uh, since we all share these categories uh, we could also share and verify each other's observations. science and enlightenment were thus social products So this is basically the concept that the world is its own thing and we perceive an illusory nature because we have sight and we have sensations of touch and we smell and we taste, but that is only tools to be able to perceive and it's a filter. It's not actually what's going on around you. The light don't look how your eye is telling your brain it looks. It looks completely different. We'll never fucking know. And what it is, we'll never fucking know. It's independent. Science, enlightenment, these are social constructs like art. These are ways for us to reconcile the unknown or to try to digest the divine. Ladies and gentlemen, do you fucking get it? Hegel took these ideas to have established the validity of modern science, including the science of history, which found patterns in the world and established scientific laws from the collective observations of many. Hegel built on Kant's theory of history, which was rudimentary. God damn! don't insult that man, and made it into the central category of his philosophy. So he basically took this dude's thing and then said, that's little boy work, and then spent a whole bunch of fucking time cultivating a larger belief system around another guy's idea. Okay. Uh, Human culture and ideas developed over time, he thought, not just in individuals or groups, but in the species as a whole following a predictable pattern. Very interesting. This is like the... Concept of epigenetic memory. Maybe we store memory inside our DNA, or you could think about it the amalgamation of information, all of the recorded history and tried theories, and the most comprehensive, vetted information we have up to date. That being that collective is uh, what he's talking about. The unfolding of the truth, he wrote, was revealed in world history so this guy said zoom out man truth wasn't found in history at all but in what was outside it to validate the claim that humanity was always in the process of becoming something better hegel proposed to retell all of human history in a single story of human growth and development the lectures that attracted hundreds of berlin students were the result Hegel described Indian, Chinese, Greek, Chinese, I'm sorry, uh, and Roman civilizations in great detail, but all with the aim of proving that their singular path of improvement led inevitably to modern European civilization. God damn it, did you just get whitewashed? The Age of Enlightenment, to him, was the point at which humanity could begin to comprehend the centuries-long story and enjoy its maturity and self Consciousness, Self-consciousness, negative connotation, pretty important, ladies and gentlemen. Or you'd be walking around with your dick and berries out. And that's not nice. You want to know, you want to be aware of self. History was truth or, as he put it, what is rational and actual and what is actional and rational. This guy was like fucking Dr. Seuss before his time. In fact, the story of Europe's civilization, uh, civilizational superiority was deeply Provincial, 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 provincial. Hegel's world history left out Africa and America entirely. Just like a motherfucking white man do. He said we would have top. This, you know, the pinnacle of human thinking comes from the European societies. Even though the Europeans stole the math and architecture, they 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 were taught by the Egyptians, and nobody wants to give them credit. And it was aliens that made the pyramids. Yada yada motherfucking yada yada. His knowledge of them was scant. That sounds insulting. And his attitude, deeply racist. His uh, theodicy. His theodicy. These are a lot of nice words here, man. His theodicy seemingly justifies any violence and bloodshed of the past by claiming that it was necessary for progress. But it took a long time for Europeans to register these elements of his history as problematic. Now that that's an interesting way to uh, think about something. It's like a justifying that or, or or reconciling the heinous race crimes that have been done. Transatlantic slave trade, the genocide of the native americans, all the rape that is in my you know ancestry DNA kit, all that motherfucking mixing to justify that that was necessary for progress, I think is racist to acknowledge That if that didn't happen Then we wouldn't be where we are Is illogical I mean it's just logical You know what I'm saying Like it's just You know Butterfly effect Um, There was another kind of problem However That uh, that did bother his contemporaries Hegel's optimistic story Of an unbroken growth and development Likened human growth To the development of the body Growth that culminates In a final mature form Thus Hegel Europe is the absolute end of history he meant this as praise but it uh, it is easily to understand why not everyone agreed um i think you know that that's pretty interesting to kind of get into i think everybody and maybe i believe this because i grew up christian and there's some type of programming in, in my subconscious that I'm still trying to fucking wash out that Jesus is going to come back and the mark of the beast is going to be presented to the masses and, you know, the book of Revelation is going to unfold. Everybody thinks they're living in the end times. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> history is fucking brutal and it's crazy. And every, I think every group, every generation thinks that this is it. And I don't know if, you know. Uh, meanwhile, Schopenhauer took an entirely different lesson from Kant's theory of knowledge. To him, the fact that human... Understanding relied on mental categories meant that there was something fundamentally illusory about it. I agree. I just try to explain it in that exact wording. The real word, which Kant had called the unknowable thing itself, stood apart from space and time. To Schopenhauer, it was the unreality of time that was the most important precisely because it called into question our whole notion of history and philosophy of history, the truly real he wrote is independent of time and hence is one and the same in every point of time this is like the 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 binary split here i feel like is symbolic almost to the human experience you have one person whose their feet are just r- firmly rooted on the ground and they're extremely logical and think in broad reconciliations to kind of give definition to why things had to happen the way that they happened, as well as another guy who is in the fucking clouds and saying that this is, you know, the physical reality is an illusory nature. The thing that's actually real is independent of time. Hence is one and the same in every point of time. That's more sci-fi. That's more it's hard to grasp. You have to have a little bit more creativity. Hegel's mistake was understandable to Schopenhauer because it was an entirely natural one. The very structure of the mind tried to impose a temporal order on our understanding of the world, but it is one thing and perfectly practical uh, to try to make sense of your everyday experience and quite another thing to imagine that you have discovered the laws of history. Hegel's metaphysics, Schopenhauer thought, were exactly backwards. Truth was found in history Excuse me. Truth wasn't found in history at all, but in what was outside of it. Very interesting, contrasting. I think there's some truth in both. I think they're both wrong. I like to think that nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Something sound good. Right. Or, you know, somebody's right. And, you know, is, is it good to be right? Did it pay either of these individuals to be correct? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they both live long, hard lives just racking their fucking brain with some of the most existential questions in the human experience. And, you know, was it, was it worth it? Go outside, smell the roses, ignorance is bliss, live that motherfucking life. Much harder to Schopenhauer was the effort necessary to understand that the true philosophy of history consists in the insights that in spite of the endless changes And their chaos and confusion we yet always have before us only the same identical, unchangeable essence acting in the same way today as it did yesterday and always. Schopenhauer's pessimism did not consist in a belief that things were getting worse. Hmm. That would have just been as foolish as a conclusion as Hegel's belief in historical progress. Schopenhauer simply rejected the idea that things were always getting better and were somehow fated to do so. Now, I mean, this really is a binary split, like pessimism versus optimism. I like to think that things are getting better. And that's a choice to believe. So, ladies and gentlemen, because belief is everything, in my opinion. That's my philosophy. Can I get in the middle of this? Can I get in the middle of Schopenhauer versus Hegel? And it'd be the Reyes philosophy. What I believe is that belief is the most important thing. While these two individuals... Were at their respective universities Battling it out Fucking 1800's rap battle Where they were being the most studied Racking their brains Not getting any type of fucking vagina people Of their fucking time There was other people who were enjoying life That their philosophy Was love and enjoyment And cherishing the people that were around them And they found great happiness I wonder if either of these individuals were happy I wonder if that even fucking matters Right? He was in no way opposed to the material benefit of modern science. Talking about Schopenhauer. Um, what he opposed was the idea that these kinds of changes signaled our mastery or of nature or history, such that the future would be fundamentally different from the past. He also did not think pain could be justified by some glorious future, either for the individual or or the species. That is also interesting. I think if you think about that from a microcosmic perspective, individuals who have bad uh, childhoods and are motivated to then become a very loving person and reconcile that past, I think that does justify. I think that is a reconciliation. But you, once again, I'm not in the fucking history books. While his social and political views were in many respects sexist and reactionary, He did denounce the suffering of slavery and did not imagine, and uh, so many of his contemporaries did, that the violence of imperialism could be justified by the spread of enlightenment values. Basically saying, if you are the most educated race or if you have the most prevailing theories and consensus as it pertains to popular thought, that does not give you the pass for being a dick. In other words, he rejected the idea that human beings were uh, fundamentally becoming anything for better or worse. We are what we have always been interesting once again, but it is, it was with his personal attitude towards, uh, the life of Schopenhauer's divergence from Hegel, uh, that was especially vivid. Our constant striving for satisfaction to Schopenhauer, which the illusion of temporary, temporarily, uh, fostered, I don't know what the fuck they're trying to say Was bound to end in disappointment If we really wanted to reduce the world's suffering Or our own We needed to resign from life Not by suicide Another futile action as far as he was concerned But by the withdrawal and quiet resignation He wrote It is like uh, the inherited estate It frees its owner From all care and anxiety Is this guy saying get a fucking lobotomy? Rather than self-harm Schopenhauer thinks of the kind of losing yourself that results from a contemplation of art. The real pleasure of art, he thinks, is that it depicts something beautiful, but that in transporting us out of our subjective state of striving to an objective state of contemplation allows us a temporary respite from daily miseries and a glimpse of the eternal that we can never really know. An artistic genius to him was someone who could uh, absent their ego. And let the timeless world speak itself through their hand. Very beautiful and poetic. Well, that's amazing. That was beautiful. You know, you know what I think? I think both of these guys were right and both of these guys were wrong. Uh, because everything is true and everything is not true at the same time. It is all in the eye of the beholder. Right? So for a man that is not exposed to a book in his lifetime. The book isn't real. Now you can say if a tree falls and nobody is around to see it or hear it, did it fall? Yes. You understand how fucking it's complicated. Uh, resignation to Schopenhauer was liberation from the tyranny of optimism. Hegel's optimism demanded demanded that we see our life as a project with achievement and happiness as goals at which everyone can justifiably aim and indeed is entitled to. Pessimism liberates us from the narrative of individual progress as it denies larger narrative of historical progress. It doesn't ensure happiness, but it relieves us of the unhappiness that optimism unwittingly generates. You know what? I'm going to contrast this. I'm going to stop reading this uh, because it's fucking long as hell, but it's pretty good. I'm enjoying myself. Does anybody want to tap out yet? Um, I will say that a a philosophy that I I, I quite enjoyed, um, I would say even more than these two individuals. It's by a philosopher named Jermaine Cole. You know what I'm saying? It's a cold world. I was just talking about this album the other fucking day. I know heaven is a mind state. I've been a couple times, but I keep falling down. A concept album called K.O.D., Where it very plainly lays out in layman's It doesn't have to be all these goddamn big words It doesn't have to be all these tongue twisters All these conundrums The labyrinth of fucking verbiage That I just spewed out And if you're still fucking awake God bless you Go listen to this album KOD Where he breaks down the reality That pain and pleasure Are inherent qualities Of this thing that we call life And these two guys, Hegel And Schopenhauer, I believe, were using philosophy as a drug. Some way to tap out, some way to cope, some way to reach for something that is beyond themselves or beyond the immediate experience of something that is inherent in this human experience, suffering. And in this album by Jermaine Cole, he gives you all of the the most general, obvious drugs, but... He could have made another song talking about how people can think their way out of their reality. And that's a drug. You understand? Does anybody fucking get it? I think I'm going to leave you guys on that one. Um, I got to go text my grandma. And I'm trying to figure out. The, the whole time I was here and I was present and thinking and reading. But in the back of my fucking br- my, my, the back of my head, I'm just trying to think of like a good way to let my grandma know I fucking forgot her birthday. I feel horrible. Um... Ladies and gentlemen, if you continue listening to Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to my Instagram, like the post, like the reels. Until next time.